Welcome to A Thousand and One Good Nights, a podcast about the stories behind bedtime stories. Follow along with two new dads, one a psychologist and one a book editor, as they explore the nighttime ritual of their foreseeable future. Hey, Ben. Hey, Nick. How do you feel about uh, blueberries for Sal? I am a fan, both of blueberries and little Sal. Good. Um, let's, let's take a uh, tremendous mouthful. <laughs> then, as, oh. as, <laughs> Such a good one. Uh, as they say. All caps. Um, or not all caps. Uh, capitalized. Tremendous mouthful. Um, so uh, did, did you, were you familiar with this book uh, growing up? You know, I when my, I think my my mom gave this to us um, right after Elena was born, and I I have like those some like really vague memories that might be fake memories of it, but that's about it. I don't have strong memories of it as a kid. Um, but we've this is kind of like a in the I don't know close to five year history of me having kids. This is about as close as it comes to kind of like a a steady classic. Like we've had this from the beginning, and it's it's got sort of like consistent popularity um over the years uh, Try to but i don't do, do, did you have this in your childhood no i don't think so though once again it you know this we can talk about this it feels like other books that i read as a kid not even not even necessarily uh, picture books but even the illustrations kind of seem like they could have been taken i inherited a bunch of 1950s uh adventure stories from my mother was in one of those reading clubs where you they just shipped you a certain amount of books so i have all these oh, yeah. sort of adventures of kind of of um inquisitive boy scouts and i just <laughs> and and this feels like you know or, or collections of stories of uh, about young people camping or or this was like it could be the illustrations could be taken from that or or call right. the wild or little house in the prairie there, there's something like it it suits the story really well, but the style could also suit a different story really well. Do you ever do you ever get that sense when you're mm-hmm. reading this? Um, yeah, and and then I am familiar with you know my kids might be upset that I'm doing this one. They do prefer the uh, Make Way for Ducklings, which is uh, I think maybe Robert McCloss is like even more celebrated uh, book. Right. But uh, not everybody can can pull off you know two two big hits like that. It's like. I don't know Harrison Ford doing Han Solo and and uh, Indiana Jones right in the same That's decade, true. just <laughs> guns <amazing>. blazing. Why do you think your kid? Why, why has it been such a steady classic? Do you think? That's a good question. Um, I maybe Little Sal, like the, sort of the relatableness of Little Sal, um, but also kind of the the animal thing. Right. Like kids always like animals in books. Um, and that it's it's, I think it's like the the in terms of the the length and the the style, it's it it appeal it can appeal to a pretty broad range of kids. Like it's not so dense that like little kids will just write it off right away. But it's yeah. it's also not so light that older kids will lose interest in it. So it, I, I think it just captures a pretty wide range of ages. So I, I think that's probably. Um, but then I and we can get more into this kind of as a meaty topic but it, it's it's sort of deliberately about putting um two very common 
um, types of characters in children's books, which are children and animals, um, deliberately into contrast together in the same book. And so I, I, I kind of bet that has something to do with it too. Yeah, and this is a this is strange that that's a very common those are very common tropes, but it's rare that they're they're sort of stacked or, or run parallel like they are here. And almost right. exactly, so the, the, and that's the most noticeable thing about this book is the structure of it, and that uh, Sal and his mother are, are picking blueberries, and then Little Bear and his mother are also picking blueberries, and then pretty much there's some minor differences. Uh, Sal, she she has a uh, she has a uh, a bucket, and obviously the bear doesn't have a pail, but <laughs> but otherwise they they'll be the scene with Sal and they'll be the scene with the bears. And then they, they go through the same steps. And then at a certain point, there's a little swip swap where the bear and Sal wander off and then each end up following the, the bear follows Sal's mother and Sal follows the bear's mother. And then the mothers don't notice. And then <laughs> at a certain point they notice. And then, but it's not like the bear eats, uh, <laughs> Sal or, or anything. They just, early draft just, everybody's like, oh, I'm, and then even on a smaller scale, like they disturb sometimes a mother partridge and her, you know, her kids. And so there's, it's, it's this, it's, it's a very explicit, uh, like parallelism th- throughout the book. And it's, I feel like a lot of times when we, when we read children's books, it's, oh, there's a family of bears acting like people and we don't, we don't think anything of it. And even if there's both people and like, it's very rare that you see, okay, here's just like a regular human story, but then here's this anthropomorphized bear story. Like them, does that, does that make you wonder like, why are the, why are the bears acting like people or because it, it's very like, you know, it, it the way that uh, like, they, they, and they, and they, and it's also strange because there's no bleed over. It's the bears and the people can't communicate to each other. Right. So it's not right. they're part of this shared world, but clearly the, the bear is talking to, you know, she says, little bear, where are you? And, you know, so they, right. they are anthropomorphized to a certain extent. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Cause it's, it's like a quasi anthropomorphization <laughs> um, for both for the bears. Cause they, like you said, like we hear their dialogue, but they're not like, they're not cartoony and they can't interact with, with right. people. They, they look very naturalistic, but then also there's a weird like inverse anthropomorphization where the, the people are sort of framed as kind of acting like animals too, in a way that they're, yeah. they're out like on the hill in the middle of nature rooting for berries and they, do, they encounter very similar dilemmas to the animals. So there's this right. deliberate, um, like the way I read it is it's, it's sort of showing, and this this is kind of conceptual, but it's it's sort of nudging you to think like, hey, like people are maybe more like animals than we think, and right. in some ways, animals are more like people than we commonly imagine because it it's sort of like forcing these two worlds together right. um, and making you kind of confront that. And I I don't know. I wonder if that's part of the appeal, right? Is that it's it's got this it, it, it's the, the other way I like I think about it is it's it's very um, romantic in terms of like the the romanticism as a literary sort of right, right, movement yeah. in, in that like man as being sort of the small thing in the grander like landscape of of nature um so it deliberately puts people in a in a naturalistic setting um 
but but then it's it's also it's also kind of classical in, in how like the, how structured it is like how structured and symmetrical the plot is and how right. it and kind of how deliberate it's going about trying to to kind of show these relationships so i like i think that's super fascinating um but it's not entirely so it's they are similar but once again you know apart from the pale for example little sal is is uh i mean maybe her mother is big sal but she's not she's not little human in the way that little bear is little bear right yeah (laughs) (laughs) you know it's like and then at the end like the mother and sal like the mother and Sal leave nature and there's that really kind of like the, 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 the text story ends on the hill, but the illustrated story continue it sort of continues with this big spread back in the kitchen when they're canning the blueberries. Right. And so, so the sort of formal structure of the, the, the two like uh, text, you know, Baron, Baron Sal that stops, but then, you get this really deep, I would say that that's probably the most detailed drawing, you know, in the book Definitely. is is there at the end. What, what are your, do your kids like the, like those, like those final pages or when, when the, <laughs> love it. it's like, <laughs> it's their favorite page in the book. I think it's not even part of the story. And I don't know if that's because it's, it's got kind of like a Waldo look and find because there's, it's the interior of the house and there's all these little objects and, and little Sal and the mom are like canning the blueberries. But then it, it so, so maybe maybe that's part of the appeal. Um, but I wonder too if it's is it kind of like an emotional appeal, appeal too, where they were out on this kind of adventure, not exactly dangerous, but it provides this nice like ah, like everything's back to normal kind of like you, sensation. Okay, that's a question I want to ask. Do you feel maybe you're reassured because you you've read it so many times, so your kids know this? But do you still feel an element of danger or tension, like that moment when the bear turns around and it's a a, a child like is well, there so, I, I think that's probably what's so brilliant about this book is that it it creates this this um this line that is somewhere in between tension and danger it's, it's not exactly dangerous like when when um the the mama bear sees little sal like i don't i don't think you feel like she's gonna eat sal like i, I and my my kids don't get like scared or like i remember when we first started reading they weren't like visibly worried but it's also like this is not a normal situation and we should probably both just kind of back away slowly. Um, right. Well, I mean, there is, there's, there is tension. There's alarm in the bear's face. Yes. It's, but it's, but it's not like, so it's not like the, the bear is like a poo bear or like some kind of cuddly, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know, car, like you say, cartoonish creature. They're like, Oh, now they're just going to, you know, or Baloo or something or something like that. <laughs> this is, I mean, this is it's definitely a, a, a wild animal, <laughs> right, <laughs> Just, right. even if it's a wild animal with a very human look of concern and, oh no, you're not my kid. Like the, the look that, you know, parents have on their face when they, when they turn around right, or, right. and like, it's like, uh, like so, somebody else is like holding on their leg <laughs> and their kid has wandered <laughs> off into a different aisle of the supermarket. Um, but, but, but it, but it also doesn't feel totally dangerous, right? That's like right. It, that's right, but no. uh, well, that, that that's something that, and it's I, I feel like we've talked about this a little bit before, but I think I told you, Jack, Jack and I've been watching some of these nature documentaries, oh yeah, and it, where there are definitely consequences, and it, it can be kind of a grim world, but you know, he's often trying to figure out. You know, we watch we watch a uh, one on the coral reef, and it's are the, are the sharks the bad guys, and 
there's a lot of times when sharks and dolphins and fish are all hovering in the same frame and, and they're not necessarily antagonistic or there's no real villainy or malice afoot, but it, there is a sense of there's slightly uneasy kind of occupying the same space. And so I, I, Jack will say, Oh, are they going to do anything? Oh, I don't know, but it is, it's kind of a tense situation, man. <laughs> like it's it's volatile. There's a certain like volatility to it. I think right. that probably it seems like the sharks aren't interested in eating right now, or there's something that's kind of keeping them. They're not, they're not in some kind of feeding frenzy. But I don't know. Probably those fish are going to swim a different direction. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's if you, if you and maybe this is too much projecting on my part. But if you if you were to sort of project a like a vision for this book in terms of kind of a I don't know, a message or an ideal. It's, it's this kind of like cautious coexistence between man and nature, right? It, it's not, it, it's not just sort of the, the modern like project of we're going to kind of dominate nature and bend it to our will, but it's also not the completely romantic, like man is this tiny little speck in the grand scheme right. of nature and everything is sort of overwhelming and, and dangerous. It's, it's this kind of in, like, not with, not with, not, without tension, middle ground of we can sort of coexist, but you, you also have to be kind of careful. <laughs> right. Do you, uh, when, when, when you're reading it, do you, do you mind essentially reading the same thing, like the same thing twice? You mean that it's like two stories in parallel? Yeah. So, uh, so you know, like, like you read about little like, right. So I mean, they, they see like the same. So it's the same they, they just they just switch the the names in there. So uh, little bear's mother turned around to see what on earth can make a noise like kerplunk, grump. She cried, choking on mouthful of berries. That is not my child. Where's little bear? She took one good look and backed away. She was old enough to be shy of people, even a very small person like little Sal. And then a few pages later, little Sal's mother turned around and gasped, "My goodness, you're not little Sal. Where where is my child?" Little Sal's mother slowly backed away. She was old enough to be shy of bears, even very small bears like Little Bear. So, I mean, it's, yeah. Is that, and do your kids enjoy, I think my kids enjoy, like they, they know, like they recognize that the form that it's going to be repeated and that they enjoy, they enjoy kind of being able to, to, to plug in like the, the new set of circumstances. I agree. I think my kids really like the repetition. I think, I think I, I don't mind it at all because I think, and this is one thing this book I think really does well is it, it balances like the, the, the text and the narrative really well with the visuals. Like they both have like kind of equal weight in that the, if the, if the visuals were, even if the visuals were just full color, instead of being this kind of like blue monochromatic thing, it, the, like the visuals could kind of like outweigh the text. And, And if, if it didn't have such a kind of compelling, interesting um, visual style, like sometimes it's very close up and it's very intimate. And then sometimes there are these like grand sweeping vistas of the mountain. I think the the repetition would kind of bother me a little bit. It would feel too long, I think. Right. Yeah. I think all the elements work well in concert. And that's also how it helps kind of balance, you know, not that, you know, not seeming like it's too cartoonish or seeming like it's this, Oh, you know, here's man's like you said, the, the speck and the insignificant speck, because it's it sort of couched in this this kind of comfortable structure, and you want to see how they're each gonna, you know, how how they're each gonna behave or 
now it's the bear's turn. Now it's the kid's turn, you know, that, that, that kind of thing. And so, you know, that there's got to, you know, you're already kind of looking on to like the, who, whose turn is going to be next and what's, what's the, what's the new scenario going to be for, for both parties. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, can we talk about the tremendous mouthful? Yeah, let's do it. So and <laughs> the other, so the other right thing right. that like the, the breaks, so it, all this stuff is going on, the relationship between man and beast, but also it's really a, a story about, like kids and parents on like an excursion yeah. and, and, and the uh, like kids are helping like the, the, both little Sal and the, and the cub are, are helping, but they're also not really helping. <laughs> Sal is eating all the blueberries. Um, and, and little bears also now, he, now what is it? They, they do have different objectives. Like, like they're, you know, they're, they're both trying to survive the winter, but the way that the humans do it is they 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 can the or they jar the the blueberries, and then the bears are explicitly just like chowing down. <laughs> so they, so right, they, which is this perfect again, kind of a classical romantic tension, right? It's it's sort of like is it artifice and technology versus kind of nature and and or, organicism, right? <laughs> to make up more words, <laughs> and so and and almost. Um, not even, I think deliberately, ironically, the, the way that the mothers discovered that there's been discovered that there's been kind of a little swip swap is when their children actually start doing what they're supposed to. So right. the, um, the bear hears little Sal, like drop the kerplunk into the, um, into the bucket. And she thinks, Oh, like that, that's not right. Little bear should just be just like, stuffing <laughs> just to eat like that, that that's an that's an alien sound and then when little bear um like takes like takes a tremendous and again and this is like a tremendous tremendous mouthful um like out, out of the, the human mother's pail that clues <laughs> the human mother that, that something's that something's right. but Okay, wait, wait. So, so the tremendous mouthful, like I said, it's, it's capitalized like a proper noun, like it's a proper yeah. noun. What what confuses me is there are plenty of words. He, the book doesn't use any all caps, which is probably what a, a modern, like a contemporary book would do yeah. to emphasize how big it is. But the book does use it, it like italics to kind of emphasize certain words. So, what's the deal with making it a proper noun? Like, is that is does that signify something other than just? parent emphasize this a lot yeah well i don't know and it's the only case in which that happens right <laughs> right in the I'm whole book something i think that <laughs> it, that's just fun like that's a kind of kind of a whimsical right. like, kind of whimsical know. yeah and and it, and it stands out as a result um like yeah it, it seems the sort of, i mean it, it does seem the sort of thing that like would happen often in like a winnie the pooh book yeah like, where right. you're where, or or but yeah, it, it seems out of place, but then also it's a dramatic moment. So, and once again, that moment of the plot is about things being kind of out of place. So, right. Yeah. There's also, I think at least in my edition, there are, there are a couple like typesetting issues, mistakes where like there, there's a, a few pages before that there's a, it's missing a space between sentences. There's no space between two sentences or between a, a parentheses and a sentence. So I, w- I wonder if it's a, it, I suppose it could be a mistake too. No. But that seems like a pretty prominent mistake. No chance. No chance. Okay. As an editor, you're saying no, no chance. No, I mean, there's, there's a chance, but I, <laughs> I, it, now it's, it's codified like this. Is <laughs> but if you see, okay, look on, on your book. Do you have your book in front of you? Yeah, yeah. Page 42. There's two type mistakes where 
on the fourth line. Okay, but there's... so, so here, here's another big difference. My book does not have page numbers. So Oh, <laughs> interesting. We must have is yours hardbound or soft? Soft. Oh, okay. I got the hardbound one. So is there after where is Little Bear, the quotation mark, is there a space between that and she? No. Yeah, so it's, that's a mistake, right? Yeah, I think so. But it's, and then in the next line, when the parentheses starts, there should be a space before yeah, yeah. that parentheses, right? Yeah, but it, but it's odd that I mean, this is I mean, this is obviously a, a new printing and a different version. Yeah, they would have uh, caught that, right? Yeah. What, what's the is this more whimsy or is no, <laughs> it's an know. actual I mean, mistake? Just like you don't like people. It's such a as you say, it's such a classic. You just leave it alone. You, you know, leave like, it alone. Yeah. Yeah, it's part of it. Maybe, the... maybe they corrected it on like a, I don't know, like 1992 edition or something, and then people wrote a lot of angry it was letters. Collective to outrage. This is clearly not the blueberries for sale that I grew up with. You imagine the Twitter fight that would happen <laughs> as it was right. nowadays. <laughs> All right, well, um, it's one of my favorites. Uh, that was good. Good talk. Yeah, well, I feel like once we get down to the to talking about parentheses and, and spacing, I think we're, 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 our, our the bottom of the barrel. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the bottom of the pail. <laughs> Hey everyone, we hope you enjoyed this episode of A Thousand and One Good Nights. If you want to learn more about this book and other bedtime stories, check out our website at 1001goodnights.com. That's 1001goodnights.com. Be sure to sign up for our monthly email newsletter to get updates about upcoming seasons and other new content. Finally, please help us out by rating the show on iTunes. This helps spread the word about the show and get it in front of new listeners each week.